0: How many feel him in this place today? He's here. He's here. There's a bolt sticking out of my pulpit because it did about three flips last week. There's a bolt sticking out. I didn't catch that, Sean. I just saw it just now. There's a bolt sticking out. But that's, that's, that's scars for the greater. It's branding our depth and our roots of what we're trying to build here. That this is no game. This is life or death. And we're excited because God already planted a seed that the devil tried to rip his roots. And it can't rip what God had already started. He can't take what God has already started. I'm a little fired up. I had a week off, so I just got a lot in me today. I didn't talk much this week, I just thought, and thought, and thought, and thought, it wouldn't be appropriate to just come out and act like nothing happened if it's your first time. As a church we had our first triumph over something that was perceived by the world as tragic, but we came together baby, we took a new level, we, we grew, we overcame adversity, last week yeah, what week is it? Is today Sunday? I'm a little blue. Not that bad, I just, you know. Last week, about 8 a.m., I was driving with the trailer, and I had a collision with a gentleman on the highway end, and I flipped the truck, and I climbed out of the driver's seat, and I looked out, and the guy goes, hey, man, do you need help? I thought, wow, that was awesome. I'm OK. I'm OK. And then, then, then they stand me down, and I'm, I'm so mad. No, they didn't just wreck my truck. No, they didn't just wreck all this church stuff. All I was thinking about was really the most insignificant part of the whole thing. I didn't think once that I could have died. I mean, I hit, a, I hit a car, and then I hit a street pole, and then I hit a full street light, and then I flipped, and then I crawled out, and I said, Oh, our stuff's wrecked. That's what happened. I said, Dude, did you see that guy? All our stuff is wrecked, man. I was not logical. It took me about a day, and people going, Uh, hello, you're alive. And I go, oh, yeah, and I started playing it back, and I started playing it back. And from that moment on, from the time the wreckage had happened, man, we came together. We came together. There's people doing stuff all over. My family, my church family, my my friends. People calling. People at the church letting people know, hey, we had a little issue, but we'll be back next week. Okay, be patient with us. We got good seed for you, but we'll be back next week. We had a little hiccup this week. We had people clearing the accident site, getting all our stuff, and God, God bless them. About 90% of all our stuff was perfect, not damaged. We got a new truck already out there and God gave us an upgrade. Now we got a full four doors instead of the extended cab. So see, and evidently my color choice wasn't too good before. People are saying, I like the new color better. So it's all in God's plan, right? But let's give it around for you guys because there's so many that are here and not here that came together and it was just so touching to see people come together and it just, all it did was bring more strength, more motivation to this church, more encouragement and more mission. Cause the devil's a fool and God will take what the devil thinks is working like an accident and he'll multiply times 10 and just make the church that much stronger and that's what he's doing. So I'm grateful, a little fired up, but hey, if you're not fired up, then what are you doing? You gotta be fired up about something. If you're not passionate, then what is it? Be passionate in your life. Give it your all, whatever it is. You should feel fired up sometimes. But on a lighter note, first I want to acknowledge an anniversary today of 52 years of loving, taking care of people, being role models, lights to the world, Christians, ministers of the gospel, I could go on and on. Give it up for Pam and Dan Gwaltney, who have been married 52 years today. That's a long time. (laughs) We've been married 11. I'm thinking, that feels like forever. Just in a good way, you know, in a good way. But hey, you know, with all the heaviness of this week, I got a call this week. And uh, someone said, "You know, let me let me step in for you this week and give you a break." And I'm thinking, "I already had a break. I had a week off. I'm ready to go." No, you need another break. So we got a. Sp- I said, "All right, all right. We got a special guest. It's our first guest speaker ever at One C Church. Come on, it's the first guest speaker, baby. First adversity, first guest speaker. We got a lot of firsts going on. It's our first year as a church." We're gonna be talking about this. Remember that year when, oh, glory to God. So, this guy you probably never heard of. He's not on YouTube, his sermons, because he actually is one of the creators of YouTube. So it was a conflict of interest. He had to sign the NDA, you know, he could not solicit his own material on YouTube because he's taking in income from YouTube. The guy's ballin'. You probably never heard of him, but he's good. And you never forget him because he's so good. It's Pastor Irk from the Irk Church from God knows where. I don't know. But it's Pastor Irk from the Irk Church. Pastor Irk, are you back there? He's kind of bashful. Irk, come on, man. Irk, you back there? I'm going to go find him. He's kind of bashful. Sometimes you gotta, you got to take force. I'll be right back. Hey, Nick. Hey, Nick, can you help me for a second? Hey, just entertain the people for a minute while I go get uh, Irk. Hey guys, I can do a good old joke before he comes on. What do you, uh, what do you call a fish with no eyes? A fish, a because you take the eye out of fish. A new one, um, what about, what time of day did God make Adam? Right before Eve. Yeah, that was good, I know, you guys, you guys love that. Everything uh, going good back there? Where's he at? Where's he at? All right. Let go of me, guys. Let go of me. No, I don't want to do it. Hey. Oh, did I do that? (laughs) Hey, hey, there's me when I was younger. These look cool. Whoa, $1,000. I don't want to break that. <laughs> I don't like looking at people looking at me. It's awkward. You guys like my suspenders? So, as Pastor Jeff said, my name is Pastor Irk, and I'm from the Irk Church from Newark, New Jersey, actually. Can't you hear my accent? So, yeah. This is a picture of me when I was younger. You might have known me back then as Urkel, but I got tired of the stigma, okay? I got tired of people saying, hey, Urkel. I says, Urk now. I'm gonna be a pastor for the gospel because I know about loving people. You might remember my TV show, Family Matters. Anybody remember the Winslows? Come on now. Who was born when the Winslows were popping on Friday night TV? feeling old. Ertz feeling old. Pastor Jeff's feeling old back there. He's just, I don't know what he's doing, eating grapes or something? I don't know. He's such a a wimp. <laughs> Are you laughing at the way I'm dressed? Are you? I'll talk about your daddy when I got this microphone, okay, boy? Anyway, I was on a TV show called Family Matters, and you might remember it. I wasn't. But y'all may be seated, by the way. Sorry. See, see, I get a little nervous, and I forget to sit people down and all that, all that formality stuff, because I'm just, you know, I'm irk. You might remember the TV show that I wasn't related to Carl and Laura. She was hot, and uh, and the mom. What was what was the mom's name? Mrs. Winslow. I wasn't related to them. I was just. The neighbor, but as much as I drove them crazy, you'll probably notice they always loved me like their own. They were like family. And even though I wasn't blood related, I was they were they took care of me. I'd be like, hey Carl. You know, I'd go up there and see Carl and I'd tell Laura how how pretty she was, and she just thought I was so annoying, and she'd she'd tell she'd call me Steve. That was my real name, Steve Urkel. She told me to get out and just go home, Steve. But I grew up, and I changed my suspenders, and I became a pastor. And and what I remember is the depths of love the Winslows showed me. Even though I wasn't family by blood, we were family, and the family mattered. Family matters. See, when I start preaching, my voice changes back. It sounds kind of like Pastor Jeff. So so I lose the nerd. I lose the nerd, the nerd thing for a minute. Just bear with me. I'll I'll, I'll bring it back. Okay. See, family is not always defined as those that share the same bloodline and ancestry as you, but rather a common bond at the heart that reveals itself in how we care for each other. Without family, we are left as victims to the world and fresh meat for the enemy to devour us. Without family last week, I was just some dude sitting on the curb, people saying, uh, 39-year-old male, blah, 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 self-destructed his car from the vehicle. He's, he's, he's high on adrenaline right now. I was nothing. But with family, I was something again. It brought me back to what I was trying to do. It brought back the stuff. It brought back the church. It brought back the love. It was family. Without family, I was dead as doornails. I had a heartbeat, but I felt dead without Family and that love resurrected the mission. And I was in the ambulance, and the, and the guy in the ambulance, which knows the Clancy's, by the way, I was saying, Hey, you guys know Tim and Stephanie? They're like, Yeah, we do. It was really cool. And they got the thing on me, and I'm like, Dude, I can't swallow. You're choking my Adam's apple. And uh, I was praying. I, I was so amped, man. I, w- I was praying like the Holy Spirit just boom right on that ambulance and lifted up in the air. It was just like so heavy and I became grateful because I started thinking of family. My brother was there within, I don't know, 10 minutes, the time I called, five minutes? Seconds, it felt like seconds. I knew two numbers by heart. I knew my wife's number, no, I knew my mom's, my wife's, and my brother's, and I knew if I called my wife, my mom, she's Italian, it wouldn't go good, and I knew if I called my wife, she has four kids, it wouldn't go good. I said, I gotta call my brother, and he's the one that's gonna go take care of this. There's no choice. He's gotta take care of this, and he did. Family. Matters. Without family, we're just a victim. Fresh meat for the world. Family is a unit of one or more supporting members that truly desire the best for you in your life. If they don't desire the best for you, that's not family, man. There should be no jealousy in the love of family. It's unconditional. They should desire the best for you in your life. If we go to John, my favorite gospel, the Apostle John chapter 19 verse 25 through 27. In the Gospel of John, since John is the writer, he refers himself as the disciple whom Jesus loved and people people take that as almost like a cockiness and I don't at all because he's it'd be weird if he's saying in John, in John, in John people think he have a mental problem because he's writing the he's writing the words so he's just saying hey I'll call myself The disciple whom Jesus loved. He was standing at the cross with Mary, Jesus' mother, right before Jesus died. Try Try to envision this. He was standing there at the cross. Here lay Jesus hanging on the cross and his mother. I mean, there's some emotion. The guy's nailed to a cross. It's wood. He's got nails in his hand. He's got thorns in his head. There's blood. There's tears. There's pain. And in verse 25, he says, now there stood by the cross of Jesus, his mother, and his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus therefore saw his mother and the disciple whom Jesus loved, John, the writer, standing by, he said to his mother, woman, behold your son. Then he said to the disciple, John, behold your mother. And from that hour, that disciple took her to his own home. The title of the message is Family Matters. It matters. Jesus knew he was at the end of his rope. And now, family had to step in and take over what he had been doing prior. He said, mother, this is now your son. Son, this is now your mother. Family stepped in when it had to. Family steps in when it has to. Families don't get along, man. All families got issues. I thought my family had so many issues until I realized the next person has issues too. But family matters, and when family has an issue and there's no option, family steps in, like John did for Jesus and vice versa with Mary. Families are never perfect, never. And your family will have matters, to deal with, but family matters. You like that play on words? I feel like I'm on wheel of fortune. Your family will have matters to deal with, but family matters. But let's face it, we've all had our share of family issues, and the apostles were no different. They had a little bit of jealousy They had a little bit of issues, wondering who would be the greatest, and and Jesus, you know, had to reprimand them when when they were competing amongst themselves, and he had to remind them, hey, guys, it doesn't matter. You're all my servants. You all will be glorified in heaven. The Israelites, they had... Lots of issues. They 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 became twelve tribes, and the twelve tribes didn't always get along, and later they broke up into different kingdoms throughout the the Israelite history. And some of them said, you know, let's worship pagan gods because this Jehovah dude is taking too long. So they made a golden calf. Hey, let's build a tower to Babel because we don't like the way God's doing it. Hey, let's do this, let's do that, let's not get along. Can't we all just get along? Families have issues, they're not perfect. We don't always agree at all times. We'll get mad at each other and say things we regret, and we forget that our family is no more messed up than the next person. So we think, we like to say, my family is the worst, so I'll be the victim. My family is so messed up that I just, you know, that's why my life's a wreck. I'm gonna justify why my life's a wreck. But if you look close enough, all families got issues to deal with, it's how they deal, it's how they deal. God didn't design us not to have issues. He designed us how to handle them accordingly, the right way. You'll never miss the issues because they're just going to be there. It's called life. We become isolated when we want to say it's my family's the worst. I'm going to become isolated, and I withdraw, and now I'm not being a light to the world. I'm not WWJD. I'm not shining my light. I'm bitter because of them. It starts with family. Family. If you let that bitterness take you through life, something they did, that they forgot about, you're only hurting yourself. All families got issues. Even in our issues, though, we were designed to work it out. Because family matters. Who are you going to call when your life's on the line? Who are you going to text when you need help and there's no one else who understands? Who are you going to reach out to? Family. That's why I love the Winslows. They were always there for me. Sometimes the issues get to the point of indefinite separation. I've talked about this. Some of y'all missed when I talked about my grandpa. But it gets to a point of indefinite separation until it's too late. Do yourself a favor and take a breather and then come back to the flock. Don't abandon family matters. Family also protects. Let's jump over to Exodus, to a harsh but valid example here in the Word of God. We were talking about John the Apostle being delegated by Christ to protect his mother, and now this is your son, Mary, John, and You'll carry on the things that I'm no longer able to do because I have greater things at stake at this point. But now we're looking at Moses in Exodus chapter 2, verses 11 through 12. And this is, this is harsh, man, but this is what family does when there's no choice. Now it came to pass in those days when Moses was grown that he went out to his Brethren and looked at their burdens. So let me give you a little background The Egyptians the the Israelites were enslaved to the Egyptians, but Moses we know the story He was put in the basket found by the reeds by the Egyptian woman raised a strong smart healthy good-eaten Egyptian man, but he was Hebrew in his heart because he was born out of the Israelites and as he grew older he saw his brothers carrying the burdens of slavery in Egyptian and not getting treated so good and it says now it came to pass in those days when Moses was grown that he went out to his brethren looked at their burdens and he saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew one of his brothers so he looked this way he looked that way and he saw no one he killed the Egyptian and he hit him in the sand don't go do that that's not what I'm saying There's not enough sand around here to do that, anyway. (laughs) It's harsh. But when you mess with family, man, it's instinct. It's fight or flight. It's adrenaline, like the wreck. It's adrenaline. And when it's time for family, boom, people react. They don't think. They react because it's instinct. We operated as a eunuch because it was instinct. And that's what Moses did. Now, we don't want to be killing people and throwing them under the sand. That wouldn't be good. But Moses had that fight or flight response that, that's my brother, man. You can't can't do that. Boom. He just reacted. There was no thinking involved in that. You mess with me, you mess with my family. It's instinct to protect your family. I think God really does anoint when the message should be spoken, how, because this message was for last week. And last week... Didn't happen, but all last week did was reinforce everything I wanted to speak about Family And I know I talk about my brother a lot. And if you guys are thinking, oh, he just talks about his brother all the time. Well, I'm sorry, but my brother's awesome and he does a lot for me. And and I'm thinking back to last week, all the way back when I was a child, when I got into it with a kid a little bit bigger than me, my mouth was tougher than my body and my, my, I wasn't the most athletic kid. I was really good with my fingers playing video games. They were really strong and athletic, but my body was, was not, not as strong as my my. My fingers, and and I was gonna tell this story last week, and that's why it's so funny because way back then, when I was like 10 years old, I got off the bus or something, and a kid I ended up growing up to be friends with later, who was probably a good 50 pounds heavier than me at the time. We got into something, I don't know, man, and he was on top of me, and I could not get that boy off me, and I thought I was a ninja until that moment. I thought, okay, now what? I can't, can't get him off, and my brother out of nowhere saw from yonder, and boom, took the kid off me. I'll just put it like that. He was much older. He saw his brother in trouble, just like Moses. And in an instinct, there was reaction. And I'll never forget the love and protection of that family instinct. It's it's in the DNA. It's in all your DNA. And And, and fast forward to this, past week, the same thing. There's a video, okay? This is weird, man. There's a drone video of this accident, and you can see my brother pull up in his truck and run over to the ambulance for his brother, just like when, when, when my buddy was smushing me on the ground and I was struggling for help. All those years ago, it was the same thing. We call it the bro code. It's the bro code. Family protects. Family matters. You mess with them, you mess with me. Family matters. Moses said, "Yeah, you don't touch my brother like that, I'll end you. Chill, Moses. Let's just go talk about it. It was too late. He, didn't, he must not have had a good temper. <laughs> but it's instinct. And families are never perfect. But your family will have matters to deal with, and your family matters. We gotta watch over each other. We gotta lift each other up. That's why we dedicate babies. That's not the only reason. When we dedicate babies, we're giving them back to the Lord. We're offering the baby back to the Lord. We're praying for protection. We're praying for God's hand over that baby's life. And we're also telling the family, hey, we need your protection over this baby because if I'm not here or the mother's not here or this baby gets in trouble, you are to all look out over this child because family matters. You with me? There's one thing you'll remember leaving today. This and family (laughs) matters. (laughs) It's hard, though, because sometimes a form of love is discipline. And uh, we don't like to always give the tough love when we have to, but that's why we have to have others in the picture because, you know, I got a lot of nieces and nephews, and I got a lot of, I got a lot of children, and, and they're not going to always listen to me like they may listen to their aunt or uncle or grandparents. And so all those people got to be watching because that kid is just a baby in their mind, and they're going to grow up and probably make some bad decisions, and you need to help be there to steer them as much as you can to avoid damage. Family protects. The devil wants nothing more than to feed on their adolescence. It's on their tablets, man. I know all about it. I was, the, I was the, the wise shepherd who bought all my kids 10-inch tablets. I thought that was a good idea. That was the worst decision ever. Because every time, they, Dad, can I download this new game? There's a little ad that pops up, and it shows like some weird body part. And it looks seductive, and it looks sexual. And it's just force-feeding my children to accept this as the world. And we don't have to accept it because God is greater than the world. Greater is he that is in us than is in the world. We don't have to just allow it to happen to them. We don't have to just allow it and accept it, but we become conditioned. That's why we got to protect our children. The world's going to keep changing, but the truth doesn't change. If it was changing, it wouldn't be truth. It's fact. It doesn't change. It doesn't waver. The world's interpretation of truth will change, but God's word doesn't expire or change. I always get these thoughts, I probably shouldn't tell that story. And that's the one I want to tell the most. Is that, is that messed up or what? So I won't give all the details. But some of the most softest people that you see in the room may be some of the strongest, powerful people. So I can be a real big mouth. But when I, when I almost broke my guitar, I was crying like a baby in the ambulance, thinking I lost my guitar and it's just wood. But then there's people who deal with real battles, who just look soft and look like they're just the nicest people in the world. You know, like uh, Police Academy? You remember, you remember the, the, the woman, the squad leader? She would be like, hey, guys, come on. Come on, let's come together. And they would just ignore her. And they'd, come on, guys, come on. And she'd be like, listen, fool, you get over here when I call. And she'd, like, bring out her pistol. You don't remember that? See, she was a lion and a lamb like Jesus. I love that movie. God bless Michael Winslow. He was the greatest. But that's not my story. We we're at the lake last summer, this summer. Like, are we still in summer? I don't even know. And we're out on the water. We're like in a cove that has a little bit of traffic. I can feel my wife's face tur- turning red right now. But it's okay, honey. I'm not going to tell them that part. <laughs> So we're just swimming, you know, I got, I got my kids with me. We got our kids. I don't like lake water anyway with my little three-year-old who's just like a peanut. I'm always, is that life jacket working? Is it buckled, you know, they got the, the, you know, the PP strap on. I don't want them to slip through that thing. It's awkward, but man, that's what, I, that's what my brain's doing. And this guy, he's on a wave runner. And he didn't like it that I guess we kind of drifted a little bit into the middle of the cove. And there's other boats just chilling on their, their foam mats or whatever. But this guy started making it a point to start circling on his wave runner. And I, I, I don't know, I was a little tired. I guess I, I was a little short-fused, but I wasn't the only one, thank the Lord. And what the guy started doing, he started staring at us as he was circling. And there's something about it, when someone starts staring at you and provoking you, you feel like Moses for a hot minute. And then you remember, it's just a lake, it's just a lake, there's no slavery involved. Well, the man kept going. And let's just summarize this. My wife scared the man almost into drowning off his wave runner because the lion came out of that lamb. She was the mama bear, as some called it. She came out because you could feel him violating the circle of our children's safety. You could feel it. And it was taunting, and it was tugging at us, and it was instinct. And we didn't, we didn't, we don't want to get mad. I said, oh, geez, people are going to think we're a church, and they're going to see us in this, uh, like, altercation or something with people on the water. This is not going to look good. But she came out, man. Fireball. Dude ran off to his mommy. It was the fire of Jesus, the Holy Spirit. (laughs) Anyway. Family protects when they have to, and even the quietest mouse will be protecting their family when you mess with their children, you mess with their blood, you mess with their their neighbors. It's all family. Just like John, we are to inherit the duties of those who are no longer able to protect as they once could. We have to step in and be the arms and feet of protection to that child, To that brother, that sister, that church member, that friend, behold your son, behold your mother. Families are never perfect. Your family will have matters to deal with, but family matters. And we never throw each other under the bus. Family never throws each other under the bus because they want the best for you in your life. They're not going to throw you under the bus. My family's Italian, though I am bitter at an ancestry test I took that said I was more North African than I was Italian. When I believe that, I believe I'm North African too. But it said my Italianness was less than what I had grown up thinking. So I still think the test was flawed. but. Italian people are known to be kind of loud. You come over, hey guys, what's up? Come on, go get some food, whatever. You know, we don't have the we don't have the really thick accent. That'd be cool though if we did a little mafia action. We don't have that. We're just like normal St. Louis people. But my friends would come over when I was a kid. They say, Is you, "Are you guys mad at each other?" No. Why do you Why do you mean? Why do you ask that? Why do you, Jeff, Jeff, turn the air conditioning up. It's too cold in here. Come on, it's time to eat. Don't forget to do this! You guys like yell at each other. What do you mean? No, we're just talking. This, this, this family. That's how we do it. I don't know. My, my mother-in-law once had to leave early because it was so loud, because all the kids and everything. It's just like, I mean, it's loud if you're not used to it. Like at Christmas time, you got all the kids running. It sounds like a herd of elephants. And you got people just talking really loud to hear. And it drove her so crazy, she left early from, from Christmas. That was funny, I thought in-laws, outlaws, whatever you call them, I don't know. The third point to family today and how it matters is family never, everybody say never. Point to three people and tell them never abandons. Never. It's all over, man. I got my first niece. Her dad abandoned her when he was, she was two. When I had a kid, I, I, don't, I don't even know how that can work. I could, I could hate the mother if I had to, but I couldn't abandon my child. I couldn't. It's not in the DNA. It's like Moses. It's not in the DNA. It's, you're meant to be together. So I never understood that because family never abandons. Jesus said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. You can run away from me, but I won't leave you. I'm not gonna force you to love me. They won't speak to me. They say my word is no good. They said it's not truth. They say it's better to just be of the world than to be a, be a light. But I'll never leave you. I'm always here for you. I will never ever abandon you. When they When they didn't like your, you didn't like their brownies, they left you. They didn't, they didn't like your whatever. They moved across the country. They didn't like you. I won't do that, says the Lord. I will never, never, because family never abandons. I will never leave you, never forsake you. They, they, they left you and they're not hearing you call. Let them go. Keep praying for them. Make peace. You can't force people. Make peace. Keep loving them give it to the Lord. You can't wreck your life because they won't have it. You try to unite with them and they're not having it. But they forget that families are never perfect and they will have matters to deal with and they don't want to deal with them. But they're forgetting that family matters. And someday, we ought to lost one, someday when the son, talking about my uncle, when he's on his deathbed, he's gonna go, Man, I wish I wasn't so stupid. I wish I could go back. And he's going to walk the same path because he doesn't realize family matters because he's the victim still. He's just thinking about what they did to me. He doesn't know the gospel. He doesn't know the word. He doesn't know how to step out and show what a peacemaker is. Like Jesus, I will never leave you nor forsake you. He didn't say, you did me wrong. I'm going I'm to ditch you. So you say you're sorry and send me some chocolates from Russell Stover's like the six boxes we bought this weekend on clearance or whatever in the blooper box that was three pounds for like $12. You had to buy the three pounds of Russell Stover chocolates. We, we went to Russell Stover's this past week and I've been on the keto diet. I had a little bit of a reaction to impulse. She said, well, if you buy three more, you can get like 12 more boxes free. And We ended up leaving with like a 50-pound bag of chocolate. But Jesus doesn't need you to send him some chocolate-covered strawberries before he loves you again, because he knows family never abandons. In due time, they will come around in due time. Just pray for them that it's not in the last days of their life. In the meantime, you can't be restricted by those who aren't having it. Blessed are the peacemakers. You gotta make your peace with them continue to love them. But live your life. It's a two-way street. Family never abandons. Your church family, your blood family, your neighbor family never is as, as, as annoying as I got with my neighbors. They never left me. I annoyed the tar out of them, but they they never said I couldn't come in their house. And they never for, would not feed me, they never would not say hello to me and give me a hug. Never. No matter how mad, or how much I disagree, family never abandons. I can't condone what you're doing, but I love you anyway. And this is just a a side rant, why I have opportunity to, I'll blame it on the pain meds. I can love you, but not accept what you're doing. There's a difference. They hate me because of what I do. No, I don't hate you. I love you. That's why I say something. If you endure chastening, God deals with you as sons. For what son is he who the father does not chasten? God just loves me the way I am. God loves you, but he hates sin. If he didn't hate sin, there wouldn't have been a consequence for Eve in the garden. You know what I'm saying? There was a consequence for sin called death. So he doesn't love your sin. Quit telling yourself that. That's the devil's lie, and he's the father of lies. So he's going to keep telling you God loves all of you. He loves everything, even the bad stuff you do. No, that's not true. Read the Bible. He does love you, though, and he wants the best for you, and he wants you to get that sin out of your life, just like the woman who was caught in the act. If he just accepted all of her, he would have told her, Woman, go sin no more. He said, Go sin no more, because he don't like sin. So we can love our family and we can love them so much that we're willing to tell them, hey, I disagree with what you're doing with your life. I think you're making a mistake. I think you're hurting yourself. Because I love you, I'm willing to share that with you and give you some tough love. Otherwise, I'm just enabling for more damage. He has your, Jesus has your best interest at heart and when there was no one else, he is still there. When you've lost Everyone And the world feels against you. He is still there. Can you all stand to your feet with me as we close? It's so great just to be here. You know, I'm talking to myself here. It's easy to just kind of get used to doing it. But as soon as as someone threatens to take it away, you, you go, wait a second. Oh, yeah. Here's what's really happening here. Here's why I did this. This is why I did this. And I had, this, I had this weird thing. I don't know how to explain it. It's probably just going to make you leave here going, he's just weird. That's all right. But through this week, I kept playing back. How could I have done that differently? How could I have avoided that differently? Why did it happen? What could I have done differently? And it was just 24-7. It was in my sleep. It was in my work. I worked in the day. It was on vacation at the pool. It just couldn't get it out of my head. It's all I saw is this revolving wheel of, Playback, playback. And what, what, what this, what happened, is like, I, you know, God spoke to me, and He said, "You told me, you told me, for my will." Now God didn't send me in a wreck, but He said, "You want my will, not your will, be done." And you, you thought it would go a certain way. You didn't expect these things. But if you truly want my will, so be it. I didn't want this for you. This is the world. The world tried to stop you. The devil tried to stop you. But my will is now to make you so much stronger than you ever knew you could be, and to make my people in my church so much stronger. And that without this incident, without this this season of trial, without a storm, my will cannot be done. My faith has to be tested. Our faith has to be tested. And it was tested, and we succeeded. And we overcame. And I got some awesome pineapple out of the deal. It was killer. I got this great fruit thing this week. It was awesome. So whoever sent that, thank you to my whole church. Thank you for putting that together. I never got an edible arrangements thing. It was super cool. But what God told me is it was never about you. It's not about your dumb stuff. You said my will be done. How can I take you there if you're not willing to give it all no matter what? If it costs you your life, you said you want it all. You have to give it all. And it scared me. I said, That is what I asked him for. I got a message I'm writing about this whole incident, and it's it's not supposed to be this one. But someone said, Do you, you know, some people over spiritualize everything. Do you think God was trying to show? No, I don't think God sent me into a crash. No. And I knew exactly where they were going with that. I cut them off. That's devil talk. Yeah, God doesn't send you into a crash to just show you something. Does he bring good from it? Absolutely. Does he bring so much more from it than was ever planned? Absolutely. But they were gesturing that God sent me into the streetlight. I said, no, God doesn't love on people by almost killing them for no reason. He did bring so much growth out of it though. He saw, I saw this church come together like never before. It was so touching. It was moving. It reminded me of the mission. And it empowered this church. That's what God will do. He'll take you out of the wreckage and bring growth. And that's what God did. We're in the world. We got to deal with the world, man. Stuff just happens. Not everything is revelation and spiritual. Not every these windows quit working in my car. Oh God, stop making the windows work. Not everything is spiritual revelation. Some of it's just called life. It's how we handle it in the process is where God comes in. When we reach for him, when we reach for him and say, God, okay, okay, I believe you. I believe you. Now let's restore, Lord. Show me how to take it from here. And he says, I got you. I got 1C Church. Devil, go back to hell because I got 1C Church, says the Lord. Some of you feel today without family, but we are here for you. We are loving on people. We love that you're here. If it's your first time here, it's a kind of a deep one. It's not the norm, but it's a, it's a big deal what happened to our church, and we are celebrating life today in thankfulness to God's faithfulness to us. But some of you have some, some pain with your family right now. Some of you have people that cut you off. Just keep praying for them. It hurts they won't receive you. But don't stop praying for them. And some of us have created petty situations. Petty. And it takes a near death sometimes to go, man, that was really kind of petty. Get rid of that petty junk. It's poison. It don't mean nothing. It doesn't change how much your family loves you. Jesus wants to be your daddy, your father. He wants to be the head of your household, and when no one else will answer the phone, he will. This family is united by the blood of Jesus Christ. It doesn't matter what my earthly father did. It doesn't matter that he left me when I was two. It doesn't matter that I've never received a birthday call card. It doesn't matter that my mother put men before me and did drugs and did all those things. It doesn't matter because Jesus is there for you first. He puts you first. He wants to be your family. And in the end, it's sad because some people never have the light bulb. They just stay in their corner and hate the world. But in the end, Jesus always loves you, is willing to protect you, will never abandon you, and your family will always love you even those who claim they hate you, in their heart they still love you. Let's bow our heads. Lord, thank you for letting us have the privilege to come together and serve you in this house and worship you faithfully. Thank you for the reminder that we're mortal and in a temporary season until we're in eternity with you And that this is a true blessing to get to stand here, to get to worship you freely, to get to to preach your word and to receive your word and to hear your word. And we are continuing on this mission. Thank you for strengthening the roots of this church. Thank you for the people, Lord. Without the people, your will could not be done. And I know that you work through people. And we are so thankful for the people of this church. We give it back to you, Lord. Everything you give us, we give it back to you. You're going to keep giving us more, we know, and we're going to keep giving it away. And we're going to build multiple millions of seeds out of this one seed we planted today. Touch us as we go about our week, Lord. Touch us as we struggle with family issues and we just want to be loved by our family. Let us remember that we have to love first before we can be loved. And remember how you loved us and continue to love us. Keep us safe this week. Help us watch out in traffic. And everybody say in Jesus' name, amen.